exciting wasn't it yes it was it was it was welcome one and all to another episode of problem busters which we happen to be recording using zencaster that music was actually played live and i'm still smarting from the excitement jonathan yes yes i mean you know zencaster we we were actually early uh early adopters well you were an early adopter of, this uh, is of true the- Yes, of this lovely new tech. And they've recently had a, um, for lack of better words, uh, a facelift, like improved UI, improved features. You might even um, say a round of investment. <laughs> you might, you really might. Um, <laughs> so we've got, the, um, we've got the soundboard now, so we can uh, add in different sounds as we go along. Um, would be quite funny if we do have any guests on Problem Busters and, uh, and we start sounding off different sound effects. Um, probably not appropriate for um, you know some of our, our guests, but uh, still, it's always good to have the option in it. It is, and just so everybody knows, I would be into it if it was appropriate because sound effects are rad. Yes. Uh, do you know what? I think we should have applause and just applaud people because I don't think people get enough applaud. Applause? Yeah, enough applauds. <laughs> yeah, enough applauds. Claps. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh. we've actually got a new idea. Do you want to tell everybody about it? Yes, um, I think we've we've aptly named it "Happy Good News." Uh, Oliver Happy, Jonathan, Jonathan Goodwin, Goodwin. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. like so, what we did there. Exactly, exactly, exactement, as we would say on the continent. Um, so, um, we decided uh, that we should cover some good news, things that sort of pop up in in a in our streams on a daily basis. Um, I think it's a bit going to be a bit more lighthearted. We're not going to go into too much uh, depth of these topics, but um, it's good to give you a good sense of positive news uh, here uh, now and then. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy to to lose track of just how much good stuff is happening in the world and just how many people are engaged in things that are really making a difference, right? Small things and large things. And yes, and we figure we can sum it up and give it to you, direct to your earlobes, nice and easy while you walk the dog. Yeah. And uh, you know what they say, life is all about balance. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so, so let's start with the big one. Yes. So The Guardian this week had, uh, had a piece on the world's biggest carbon capturing machine. How cool is that? This yes. thing looks amazing. It's all pipes and ratchets and steampunky and exactly it's so cool and it's in iceland of all places as well which is also so cool (laughs) (laughs) oh dad jokes you never get tired of them um no no no, not at all and i'm sure your kids don't either even if they tell you they do i know they don't even understand my jokes and they laugh and i dread the day that they actually start to understand my jokes and i start getting the the rolling eyes and the oh (laughs) <laughs> True story. My dad still tells us the story about that day and how everything changed for him in terms of humor when we stopped laughing at his jokes and started saying, Dad, I've heard it before. <laughs> so enjoy it while you can, my friend. Exactly. It'll be a tough crowd, tough crowd in the morning soon. Oh, no. <laughs> so so as the engineer in the room, why don't you tell us a little bit about how this thing works? Because to me, it looks cool and it captures carbon and it puts it in the earth and I'm happy. But I know you know a little bit more. Oh, yes. So it's a, effectively, it's a large plant design, uh, designed 
to suck in carbon dioxide, mix it with, uh, I think it's salt water, pump it back down into the earth, and then it eventually solidifies and turns into like a solid carbon kind of chunk. Um, It's really interesting, actually, because this is one of the first plants of its kind. Um, Mm. So again, with technology, you're not always going to get the best version of something the first way around, right? Mm. Um, You know, they'll probably go around that that route of uh, just gradual improvement um, as time goes on. Um, I think they're saying it pulls around 800, is it 800 tons of carbon dioxide out of the, um, no, 800 tons was 8,000 tons. Oof. 4,000. 4,000 oh, 4, tons. Yeah, yeah. Which is per the equivalent year. to 800 cars. There we go. Which uh, doesn't four... sound like it's going to change everything, right? But I, but I have heard people talk about this and say, yes, but when you catch a flight, let's make this real. If you could pay a couple of pounds extra on top of your flight, that would carbon offset it using a machine like this to um, to drill that down into the earth and mineralize it. Um, so that starts to make it real, doesn't it, when we take this idea and scale it. That's what you're yeah. saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like a theoretical saving, is it? It's, it's a literal, well, they're literally pulling it from the air. So you can quantify that as a unit. So whatever you do with that, you know that you've taken a unit of um, that carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and stored it. So that's I think just, that's really interesting. I think that's that's grand. Yeah, it made my week. Awesome. Yeah. And of course, these are in the show notes, so you can go to the articles and find out more. What else yes, do we have? Yes, yes. So the next item that uh, came across our very, uh, very busy um, problem busty desks is um, the low cost um, rail firm called Lumo that are looking to provide an alternative to flying in the UK and I think eventually Europe. Um, So Lumo, um, they've described themselves as a low-cost, low-carbon rail firm. Um, So what does that mean? So they're, well, low-cost in the sense that they want 60% of their fares to be less than £30. Um, Yes. So for the listeners in other parts of the world, £30 is not going to get you very far on an English train. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, it's not. It's not. It's not at all. It's not at all. And um, what's really good is the first few one-way tickets are starting off at sort of less than half that, at £14.90. Um, and for that, I think they're starting in on the 25th of October twenty. 21 so that's actually pretty pretty much now <laughs> or quite soon in the next couple of months um and uh, a number of their destinations um well they have a number of destinations around the uk so i think newcastle stevenage um edinburgh is quite an interesting one as well um mm. so what you'd do is you would um catch it from i think king's cross and you just make your way up to edinburgh and people just hop off <laughs> so they'll That's run cool. four, four trains a day um and yeah and they're going to add some more um destinations in 2022 um, so what does this tell us this tells us that uh that i like answering my own questions that uh... <laughs> <laughs> so do i so do i i learned so much <laughs> brilliant um so so it tells us that not only uh 
not only are people interested in low carbon travel, but there are enough folks that think this is a good idea that they funded a train to replace some flights. That's quite a step forward, right? It's a massive step forward from talking about it to funding it, to building it, to launching it, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And also, don't you think... um I'm not sure how often you've taken trains around different countries, but um, one train I took in um, in the States was the Amtrak and we went around Pennsylvania. And uh, although it's not, a, it's not a green train because I think it's half diesel, half electric, they, they switch it on and off when they go around the mountains. Um, but it's just a more enjoyable journey, just looking out the window and seeing scenery rather yeah. than being on a plane above the clouds, not really seeing much. Or being in a car, right? Because a car yes. is, one person in a car is certainly not as good as one seat on a train for carbon, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And um, I love trains. Uh, yes. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> love them. And, yeah, uh, and one of the well. best journeys that I've done, although it's not as exotic at all as what you've just shared, is, uh, is between Praha and Budapest. So going Ooh. from the Czech Republic over to Hungary. And... Uh, and it's just amazing because you see the back, the backwards, right? Yeah. Not not the bits that the freeways yes. take you into. Yeah. <laughs> and you see these houses and it's like going back in time. I love yeah. it. Yeah, so do I. I saw my very first ghost town on a train in, uh, in in Pennsylvania. I was like, whoa. What's that like? Oh, it was so, it was a bit eerie as well, actually. Because you'd see it's like a whole town, but it's just got like it's got all not the infrastructure obviously but it's got the buildings you can see old bars you can see you know where like the old i guess pharmacy places used to be and housing and you just think like nobody everybody just got up and left what would what would it have been like to be the last person there because there's always one who, who really does want to leave. <laughs> but it, it would have been strange. Yeah, it would have been, and you got to you got to wonder why as well, right? Like how how did people realize that it wasn't time to have a town there anymore? Yeah. I wonder. Part of me wonders if some of these towns are in areas that we've we've built plants and therefore towns to do mm. a certain thing, like chop down trees, yeah. dig, dig things out of the ground in terms of mining. Yes. And then, and then over time, we've realized that oh, we'd like to have a more clean way of transport and we, we don't want to use as much oil and therefore we don't need a refinery there or a town, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's just purely... Um, I don't want to say economics, but sometimes you you see that um, a you know a, a funding from a from a company or or part of government says, you know what, I want to build a road and I don't want it to pass this town. Yeah, the bypass. <laughs> yes, dun, the bypass. Dun, 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 dun. See, that's the sound we need as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened to a town in New Zealand called Huntley, uh, which mm. uh, locals used to call Muntley. Nothing yeah. against the people of Huntley. It's a lovely little town. Um, but the uh, amazing pie shop, which is how you judge how good a, a pit stop is in New Zealand. Naturally. And, uh, and that got fully bypassed by a road. And it, was, and it was a bit of a shame, if I'm honest. So yeah. So last time I was over in New Zealand, I took great delight coming off at that point of bypassing the bypass and going to yeah. the pie shop. Oh, it was still there. That's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that a bit of positive news as well? <laughs> the pie shop has lasted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and moving right along. So, yes. <laughs> uh, and, and another one from The Guardian, the, uh, the, the UK's green economy is nearly four times larger than the manufacturing sector. Four times, Jonathan. That is huge. 
Four times More than, huge. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yes. So 75,000 um, businesses that employ 1.2 million people are in the so-called green economy, um, mm -hmm. which I take to be um, working on things that are uh, renewable, sustainable, and improve life and, and climate. And that's worth 200 pounds, uh, 200,000. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's uh, <laughs> I feel like Dr. Evil. <laughs> 200 billion pounds, oh, which is massive. I mean, I know. I love numbers like absolutely that. Absolutely huge. I can't, I can't imagine how big 200 billion is in terms of like just the sheer workforce and infrastructure mm. to sustain a low carbon economy. And it's, and it's kind of like complex as well, isn't it? So it's from, I guess wind turbines to um, wave technology to solar panels and recycling um, to recycling. Yeah, recycling is a big, big piece of that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because uh, I think, oh, yeah, in recycling, it's quite a bit because not everything's automated. That's a good thing about, um, I guess, <laughs> the size of it is that um, people that were in the manufacturing industry you would hope could transition over and the government would help facilitate that. Exactly. Um, I know there's been some political statements uh, recently with, um, I think, between Labour and um, and the Conservative Party about capitalising on the green economy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this supersedes all of that, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, I've actually seen this in Australia and mm. I had a stint helping get people jobs. And part of that was getting people jobs on a recycling production line. And they were doing exactly what you've suggested. They were um, they transitioned from other manufacturing jobs into this um, this production line, which effectively meant um, a group of people in really comfortable um, situation. Um, mm -hmm. Things are coming past nice and slow and they're sorting the plastic as it comes Ooh. past. Not high tech, right? Yeah. But very immediately available. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what you want. That's really what you want um, because you don't want to leave people um, sort of left behind. Yeah. In terms of, oh, you can only do this job if you're a programmer, or you can only do this job if you if you've got five mechanical degrees. It's kind and to of be, to be honest, you know, I kind of feel that 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 is uh, that's a big thing for for a lot of movements and a lot of directions that we move in, right? Yeah. To include people, not exclude them. So, for example, the the cover photo on this particular article in the Guardian is wind farms, and I know that wind farms are synonymous with generating energy in a sustainable way. But I look at that and I think, yeah, could I build a wind farm? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you do. <laughs> I'm glad they've got a yeah, wind farm. Yeah, but that, but, but if yeah, could I? <laughs> yeah, and there's 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 things that are a lot more, dare I say, at grassroots and, uh, and yeah. a lot more accessible, which are making a huge difference, aren't they? Yeah, and the barrier to entry as well. Because if, if you're like, oh, I want to help, how can I help? I want to transition from, let's say, I'm working in retail and I believe that my company is not necessarily, um, you know, low carbon or, or is contributing to additional pollution Fast in the environment. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah then you can say, well, I just want to transition. And right there and then, there's a job you can go into in an industry that you love with the skill set that you currently have that you can yeah. move into it, you know? And it's just yeah. kind of like, yeah, you don't have to. I like that. I really do like that. The, yeah. the I'm all about accessibility. And that's yeah. why, you know, uh, you know um, I'm not going to go into it about football, but <laughs> but I like the accessibility. You don't need a degree. 
like in some of the yeah. um, sports in the States. You don't need a degree. You don't need to go through certain, you know, places and this and that. It's just kind of just like... Just kick it around the car park if that's yeah. what you've got. Yeah, it's, for like the, it's for the women and men. It's for the people. It's, yeah. for, it's for everybody, you know. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed, and you know, and and it's it's it's. I think it also comes down to the fact that th- that nothing in life is black or white, right? Exactly. Um, there are certainly businesses and activities that are quite dark grey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Like maybe if I was to produce tobacco or something like that, you might say that's quite a dark grey. Um, yes. <laughs> and there are obviously businesses and activities that are very light grey and very close to white, like. Um, I don't know, teaching people a new skill or um, yeah. recycling plants or whatever it might be. But the yeah. important thing is there's plenty along the way. And it's really exciting to to see people, at least around me, starting to, to they'll say things like, I've got this new job and I'm really excited about it. And the next thing they might say, and I've had a couple of examples of this, um, is it's it's in an industry that I really care about. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to go for it. So that's super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think the love of of something, um, especially when it comes to work, <laughs> really does make the difference because you get a lot of new ideas. I think it's just inspirational, and yeah. you feel like you're you're doing. You feel like you're part of something larger than yourself, which is what um, a lot of people want to, you know, feel. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And that's a nice little segue, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Into an article that came up in Positive.News, which we love. Yes. And, uh, and that is also inclusion-based. Um, did you know that until very recently, <laughs> and until we had an, an NHS um, rule change, mm-hmm. that gay and bisexual men could not donate blood until June this year? I think that's outrageous. Yeah, and I think I, it's so exciting that now everybody can donate blood because, of course, they should be able to, right? Yes. I think it was counterintuitive as well to say that, you know, if you're a gay man, you can't, you can't give blood. But then we need more men giving blood. You're like, hmm? <laughs> you're like yeah, hold on, hold on a second. That, that doesn't make any sense. Um, I followed, I followed a bit of it in the States. Cause I think last year or the year before the United States, they changed the rules on it as well. And because it's rather than, so rather than, um, have the rules. It's all about accessibility. Again, I think, <laughs> I think the theme accessibility, um, and fairness, because, if you think about it, if you have HIV um, mm-hmm. or, or a bloodborne disease, so say if you have a, any uh, a bloodborne disease and you're um, a woman, they're not going to treat you the same way as they would a gay man without a bloodborne disease. It's a bit. It's it's really odd um, yeah. that the screening questions and the way they screen you was not. A bit more, okay, let's test you. What's your sexual activity in the past six months? Yeah. Um, you Maybe know, it doesn't be- matter who it was with because what matters is how clean your blood is, right? Exactly. Because they say that the sexual activity, um, whether it's with a man or woman, is a key factor in donating blood because HIV, if I'm not mistaken, has like a, like a, um, um, do they call it a latency period before yeah, it shows up in your blood? So you've got like maybe a few months before it actually shows up in your blood. So mm. if they say, oh, when was the last time you had, um, you know, sexual contact with somebody and you say, oh, it was yesterday. And I'm like, oh, there's probably a bit of a high risk. Let's, let's screen it. Let's screen the blood and, and see how that goes. Um, 
or just have the infrastructure around it to be more neutral yes. <laughs> or more fair because yeah. <laughs> it's not weird you go in yeah you go in oh um excuse me are you um are you gay or bisexual and you say yes and they're like yeah sorry you can't give blood and you're like yeah. but i want i want to save like a family member they're like nah yeah, and we can be a bit smarter yeah. than that, right? So, yeah. oh, so I'm and, not what's, smart. <laughs> and what's really cool about this is there's it's an example of someone doing something because it matters to them, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think we should actually have this chap Ethan Spivey on the show because Ooh. he he effectively had a grandfather who's, who was saved by a transfusion, a blood transfusion, and was was wanting to donate blood. Found that he was blocked due to this sexual preference technicality, as as I consider it, a system that needed to adapt and become more inclusive, and so he launched this group called Freedom to Donate, and that has helped to educate and drive through a more inclusive policy. So shout out to him and the team. Well done. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. This uh, this screams of, um, you hear those old army stories of black people trying to join the army in the States, and they're like, oh, you can't join the Navy because you can't swim. Black people can't swim. Your bones are dense. So you're going to sink. You're like, what? Oh, What's wow. that about? I know it just screams. It just screams a lot of that. But NHS, good for the rule change. Um, yep. Well done. And yes, more more blood, more blood in the in the system to save more lives. As if so, you didn't need more enough. As if you didn't need any more reasons to love the NHS for the last year and a half. Let's mm-hmm. just do a little shout out in here um, yes. to all of the people that were involved in in a year and a half identifying and isolating a new virus that had not been seen before and manufacturing, what was it, four or five different kinds of COVID vaccine and distributing them globally to almost everybody in mm. a year and a half. Yes. And 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 the Stunning. testing. And the testing as well. The testing Absolutely. on top of that is just... Because without testing as well, it's just kind of would have been... Because, oh, could you imagine... We didn't have the vaccine, but could you imagine not having tests as well? Yeah. Especially rapid tests? Oh, no. Yeah. So, yes, shout outs to everybody. Vaccine to genome mapping to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, to the um, to the essential workers as well. Amazon, Amazon delivery people. Yeah, um, absolutely. Food delivery people, corner store vo- delivery people. The volunteers that volunteered oh, the their time. To, yeah. to be there to guide people through when you, you know, when you turned up for the first jab and mm-hmm. you're a bit nervous, but you're kind of excited. And it's yeah. just all these people that are super nice. And they're like, just come over here, just sit down here. Everything was just flawless. And it was yeah. all volunteers. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have a queue when I went to get my jab, which was really good. I just walked in, sat down. She's like, how do you feel? Is it a bit nervous? She's like, okay, beep. <laughs> Job done. Would you like Job a biscuit? Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. They God, are good it. people, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. What else have we got cool. on our list? Um, I think there is introducing the Climate Cafe, uh, where you drink tea and talk global warming. I didn't really read through this one. Um, that's as right. much I as it. the others. I love, your, I, was, I love your level of honesty. It's really yes, healthy. Yes, I have to. I have to. I have to be so honest. I was too busy loving <laughs> the old carbon capturing. <laughs> Show me the technology. Exactly. <laughs> so, so effectively, um, what's what's happened here is Rebecca Nestor of a group called Climate Psychology Alliance, um, which is a, a group that explores psychological impact of 
of climate crisis, um, mm. wanted to get a group of regular meetings together in her hometown of Oxford, also has a university, you might have heard of it. And, uh, and they, so these, these climate cafe meets were people getting together to talk about something that is on their minds that's important to them and during the hottest, um, the hottest summer on record in the UK, which was 2018. It's continued until today and it's grown. And I just think this is a classic example of, if you look back to 2018, there were certain politicians in the world who, for whatever reasons known only to them, were um, moving the climate debate aside and putting other things forward, right? And it's great to know that even then there were people who didn't listen to that and made up their own minds and got together and talked about things that were concerning them. So well done. I like that. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I love that too. I've just seen a, um, so one of the things that, that sort of jumped out was it was loosely based on uh, deaf cafes where mm. people talk about, um, you know, deaf a bit openly and stuff like that. And uh, recently uh, my mom passed away um, and uh I think speaking with a lot of people, um, we interviewed Daryl Woodhouse actually on Problem Busters, mm. and um, uh, we had a we had a we had a good chat, and it really does help. I mean, I've got siblings as well, mm. and everyone um, around me, you know, yourself, Ollie, family, friends, and uh, yeah, speaking about it really, really did help. Um, and I think these these types of open forums where people don't necessarily have that. Um, supportive network or that or that network around them really does it really does help mm, and it really I think does it's great to hear that people are doing it because it's it's not the sort of thing you slip into conversation with your friends right mm. even even if you need to talk about it so yeah yeah and you know um mental health is always a thing and yeah. uh you know healthy healthy mind healthy body healthy body healthy mind so yeah. yes, so shout outs. That's a really good and positive uh, movement. So, Absolutely, yes. and and there are a large number, particularly of ind indigenous cultures. Try saying that fast. Um, who get together and have for a long time and have a different opinion on death. So yes. so the way that I was brought up to view death is not the only way. That's what I've mm. learned, and mm. to some passing over the veil or whatever they might call it is the cause for celebration and i think we've got a lot to learn from from different groups and how they they deal with something that is inevitable right yes yes we do indeed right next on our list mm -hmm. um rewilding so i hadn't Ooh. actually come across rewilding until i came to the uk and uh I went to a place to do some glamping, which is glamorous camping. And, oh, yeah. uh, and that basically means someone else sets the tent up for you, right? And I feel a little bit smaller when I say that, but I did enjoy the fact that it was already there. And uh, the bathroom was already there and nice and easy. And uh, so the point is, we, we went out for a walk through this place, which was effectively just a farm um, in Sussex, which is about sort of an hour southwest of London. And, uh, and these folks had, um, quite a while ago, like maybe even in the 80s, had decided that they really wanted to turn this farm back into what it was before people arrived, Ooh. which, if we're talking about England, <laughs> I don't know, how long ago is that? Thousands, right? Yes, yes. Thousands of years. <laughs> so for thousands of years, this land has looked like this in terms of trees gone, 
farmland, um, cattle and sheep, etc. Little fence, walkway, that's it, right? And, and so what they've done is just started to, to bring in people who understood the local environment and would be able to tell them what kind of birds they should have and all that sort of stuff. All these people got involved and planted trees from the local community. They built a community center. It's, it's really, really cool. And what's amazing is how quickly forests grow. And you might say, well, in 30 to 40 years, you don't get that much. But you'd be surprised how mm. even oaks and slow-growth forests will grow a significant amount in our lives from, from day dot. So this particular one is called the Monk's Wood Wilderness Experiment, which was a, a rewilding study that happened 60 years ago, which is <laughs> that's a pretty long yeah. time ago. And it's in Cambridge, which... Also has a university. You may have heard of it, Jonathan. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. I have. <laughs> yes. Um, and and like, come on. No, I was saying I, I like the note that was uh, that was uh, left by. I think that it was a director at the time, um, Kenneth Mellenby. I think um, the note right. uh, uh, was this. It might be interesting to watch what happens in this area if a man does not if man does not interfere. Will mm. it become a wood again? How long will it take? Which species will be in it? Dum dum dum. I think that was my 1961 voice. It needs a lot of practice. But, I uh... thought it was really good. <laughs> I mean, I I think we'd probably be able to get people to take votes on you having a 1960s voice for the entire next episode. <laughs> But uh, I don't want to over, over, over stress. Don't you. encourage me. Don't encourage me. <laughs> oh, I no, I'll encourage I'll, you. I will. <laughs> Absolutely more. And, and isn't that amazing? First of all, it was so long ago that, that the, the discourse was man. We would never do that now. We would say people, mm. right? So how yes. much we've changed. And secondly, um, as you'll see in the links on the show note, there's a forest there. Yes. Oh, God, that's so exciting. I saw the forest because they've got the aerial shots from uh, the – well, from the 1960s, which I guess from, well, they're both from planes or drones. Um, so one from 1960s, it's, it just looks like a field. Like if you're flying over just a normal flat field, a bit grassy, nothing yeah. to shout about. There's forests all around it. And then the image from 2014, it's... It's, it looks like a forest. <laughs> it looks like a forest. And maybe and, we um, shouldn't be surprised, but w yet we are, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you leave the garden for a year and it, it, gets, it gets high. Well, it gets, it gets quite high. But mm. um, the weird thing is, is how much nature contributes to sort of planting trees. Um, I want to say organically, but it's like squirrels and different bits of wildlife planting um, acorns and, and nuts and they just end up growing into 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 these huge trees over the it's course almost of like nature doesn't need us to happen oh you, you know I think you, right? I think you might be onto something <laughs> well I mean that's that's yeah. what and I know this is about Africa but it's a similar concept that you've probably mm -hmm. heard people say that that what African nations really need is the rest of us to leave them alone oh that is true 
And I wonder if the same goes for forests, right? Like if we leave it that, like you say, the grass becomes a meadow, the meadow um, has a few trees grow through it, some shrubbery. That's mm -hmm. another great word I learned when I got to England. <laughs> and uh, after the assorted shrubbery comes some trees and then it all closes over in the canopy and um, some of the smaller trees die away and it opens out and hey presto, woodland. Yes. Super rad. It's it's proper cool. It's proper cool, and uh, one of the one of the one of the most interesting stats. Like we were surprised at how quickly it grew back, but I was I was really surprised that um, the UK only has thirteen percent forest cover mm. compared to thirty eight percent across the EU. So what that means is that when people arrive, like if we arrive today, then did you say thirteen percent? Uh, yeah, 13 for the UK. One, yeah. three. So, yes. so that means that when, if we arrived today and it was all covered in these amazing big Nottingham Forest type forests, then mm. Mm, come on maths, like around 87% of the trees would be chopped down and burned and made into things. And that's where we would be today. Now, if I was to wow. turn up somewhere and chop down 87% of the trees, would you be surprised if the climate changed? Oh, you see, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Mm. I would be a bit surprised when Robin Hood falls out the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps takes my money and gives it to someone more deserving. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the end of the project funding. That's it. <laughs> Safety. <laughs> and on that note, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this first, uh, how, how do we say it? Happy good um, news. Happy good news. And uh, a happy good news week to you, Jonathan. Oh, and a happy good news week to you too, Ollie. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. And there will be more because there is an awful lot of happy good news out there. Ciao.